Chapter 20 Goodbye, Mr Hazel The big, shiny, silver Rolls Royce had braked suddenly and come to a stop right up out alongside the filling station. Behind the wheel, I could see the enormous, pink, beery face of Mr Victor Hazel staring at the pheasants. I could see the mouth hanging open, the eyes bulging out of his head like toadstools and the skin of his face turning from pink to bright scarlet. The car door opened and out he came, resplendent in fawn-coloured riding breeches and high polished boots. There was a yellow silk scarf with red dots on it round his neck and he had a sort of bowler hat on his head. The great shooting party was about to begin and he was on his way to greet the guests. He left the door of the rolls open and came at us like a charging bull. My father, Doc Spencer and I stood close together in a little group waiting for him. He started shouting at us the moment he got out of the car and he went on shouting for a long time after that. I am sure you would like to know what he said, but I cannot possibly repeat it here. The language he used was so foul and filthy it scorched my ear holes. Words came out of his mouth that I had never heard before and hope never to hear again. Little flecks of white foam began forming around his lips and running down his chin onto the yellow silk scarf. I glanced at my father. He was standing very still and very calm, waiting for the shouting to finish. The colour was back in his cheeks now and I could see the tiny twinkling wrinkles of a smile around the corners of his eyes. Doc Spencer stood beside him and he also was very calm. He was looking at Mr Hazel rather as one would look at a slug on a leaf of lettuce in the salad. I myself did not feel quite so calm. But they are not your pheasants, my father said at last. They're mine. Don't lie to me, man, yelled Mr Hazel. I'm the only person round here who has pheasants. They are on my land, my father said quietly. They flew onto my land, and so long as they stay on my land, they belong to me. Don't you know the rules, you bloated old blue-faced baboon? Doc Spencer started to giggle. Mr Hazel's skin turned from scarlet to purple. His eyes and his cheeks were bulging so much with rage it looked as though someone was blowing up his face with a pump. He glared at my father. Then he glared at the dopey pheasants swarming all over the filling station. What's the matter with them? he shouted. What you done to them? At this point, pedalling grandly towards us on his black bicycle, came the arm of the law, 
in the shape of Sergeant Enoch Samways, resplendent in his blue uniform and shiny silver buttons. It was always a mystery to me how Sergeant Samways could sniff out trouble wherever it was. Let there be a few boys fighting on the pavement or two motorists arguing over a dented bumper and you could bet your life the village policeman would be there within minutes. We all saw him coming now and a little hush fell upon the entire company. I imagine the same sort of thing happens when a king or a president enters a room full of chattering people. They all stop talking and stand very still as a mark of respect for a powerful and important person. Sergeant Samways dismounted from his bicycle and threaded his way carefully through the mass of pheasants squatting on the ground. The face behind the big black moustache showed no surprise, no anger, no emotion of any kind. It was calm and neutral, as the face of the law should always be. For a full half minute, he allowed his eyes to travel slowly round the filling station, gazing at the mass of pheasants squatting all over the place. The rest of us, including even Mr Hazel, waited in silence for judgment to be pronounced. Well, 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 said Sergeant Samways at last, puffing out his chest and addressing nobody in particular. What, may I ask, is happening around here? Sergeant Samways had a funny habit of sometimes putting the letter H in front of words that shouldn't have it. And as though to balance things out, he would take away the H from all the words that should have begun with that letter. I'll tell you what's happening round here, shouted Mr Hazel, advancing upon the policeman. These are my pheasants and this rogue, pointing at my father, has enticed them out of my woods onto his filthy little filling station. Enticed, said Sergeant Samways, looking first at Mr Hazel, then at us. Enticed them, did you say? Of course he enticed them. Well now, said the sergeant, propping his bicycle carefully against one of our pumps. This is a very interesting accusation, very interesting indeed, because I ain't never heard of nobody enticing a pheasant across six miles of fields and open countryside. How do you think this enticing was performed, Mr Azel, if I may ask? Don't ask me how he did it, because I don't know, shouted Mr Hazel. But he's done it all right. The proof is all around you. All my finest birds are sitting here in this dirty little filling station when they ought to be up in my own wood, getting ready for the shoot. The words poured out of Mr Hazel's mouth like hot lava from an erupting volcano.
Am I correct? said Sergeant Samways. Am I absolutely accurate in thinking that today is the day of your great shooting party, Mr. Hazel? That's the whole point, cried Mr. Hazel, stabbing his forefinger into the sergeant's chest as though he were punching a typewriter or an adding machine. And if I don't get these birds back on my land quick sharp, some very important people are going to be extremely angry this morning. And one of my guests, I'll have you know, Sergeant, is none other than your own boss, the Chief Constable of the County. So you had better do something about it fast, hadn't you? Unless you want to lose those Sergeant's stripes of yours. Sergeant Samways did not like people poking their fingers in his chest, least of all Mr Hazel, and he showed it by twitching his upper lip so violently that his moustache came alive and jumped about like some small bristly animal. Now just one minute, he said to Mr Hazel, just one minute please. Am I to understand that you are accusing this gentleman here of committing this act? Of course I am, cried Mr Hazel. I know he did it. And do you have any evidence to support this accusation? That evidence is all around you, shouted Mr Hazel. Are you blind or something? Now my father stepped forward. He took one small pace to the front and fixed Mr Hazel with his marvellous bright twinkly eyes. Surely you know how these pheasants came here, he said softly. Surely I do not know how they came here, snapped Mr Hazel. Then I shall tell you, my father said, because it it is quite simple really. They all knew they were going to be shot today if they stayed in your wood, so they flew in here to wait until the shooting was over. Rubbish! yelled Mr Hazel. It's not rubbish at all, my pheasant, my father said. They are extremely intelligent birds, pheasants. Isn't that so, doctor? They have tremendous brain power, Doc Spencer said. They know exactly what's going on. It would undoubtedly be a great honour, my father said, to be shot by the chief constable of the county and an even greater one to be eaten afterwards by Lord Thistlethwaite. But I do not think a pheasant would see it that way. You are scoundrels, both of you shouted Mr Hazel. You are rapscallions of the worst kind. Now then, now then, said Sergeant Samways, insults ain't going to get us nowhere. They only aggravate things. Therefore, gentlemen, I have a suggestion to put before you. I suggest that we all of us make a big effort to drive these birds back over the road on to Mr. Azel's land. How does that strike you, Mr. Azel? It'll be a step in the right direction, 
Mr. Hazel said. Get on with it then. How about you, Willem? The sergeant said to my father. Are you agreeable to this action? I think it's a splendid idea, my father said, giving Sergeant Samways one of his funny looks. I'll be very glad to help, so will Danny. What's he up to now, I wondered, because whenever my father gave somebody one of his funny looks, it meant something funny was going to happen. And Sergeant Samways, I noticed, also had quite a sparkle in his usually stern eye. Come on, my lads, let's push these lazy birds over the road. And with that, he began striding around the filling station, waving his arms at the pheasants and shouting, Shoo, shoo, off you go, beat it, get out of here. My father and I joined him in this rather absurd exercise. And for the second time that morning, clouds of pheasants rose up into the air, clapping their enormous wings. It was then that I realised that in order to fly across the road, the birds would first have to fly over Mr Hazel's mighty Rolls Royce, which lay right in their path, with its door still open. Most of the pheasants were too dopey to manage this, so down they came again, smack on top of the great silver car. They were all over the roof and the bonnet, sliding and slithering and trying to keep a grip on that beautifully polished surface. I could hear their sharp claws scraping into the paintwork as they struggled to hang on and already they were depositing their dirty droppings all over the roof. Get them off, screamed Mr Hazel. Get them away! Don't you worry, Mr Hazel, sir, Sergeant Samways cried out. We'll fix them for you. Come on, boys. Easy does it. Shoo them right over the road. Not on my car, you idiot, Mr Hazel bellowed, jumping up and down. Send them the other way. We will, sir, we will, answered Sergeant Samways. In less than a minute, the Rolls-Royce was literally festooned with pheasants, all scratching and scrabbling and making their disgusting runny messes over the shiny silver paint. What is more, I saw at least a dozen of them fly right inside the car, through the open door by the driver's seat. Whether or not Sergeant Samways had cunningly steered them in there by himself, I didn't know, but it happened so quickly that Mr Hazel never even noticed. Get those birds off my car, Mr Hazel bellowed. Can't you see they're ruining the paintwork, you madman? Paintwork, Sergeant Samway said. What paintwork? He had stopped chasing the peasants now and he stood there looking at Mr Hazel and shaking his head sadly from side to side. We've done our very best to encourage those birds over the road, he said, but they're too ignorant to understand. My car, 
shouted Mr. Hazel. Get them away from my car. Ah, the surgeon said, your car. Yes, I see what you mean, sir. Beastly dirty birds pheasants are. But why don't you just op in quick and drive away fast? They'll have to get off then, won't they? Mr. Hazel, who seemed only too glad of an excuse to escape from this madhouse, made a dash for the open door of the rolls and leapt into the driver's seat. The moment he was in, Sergeant Samway slammed the door and suddenly there was the most infernal uproar inside the car as a dozen or more enormous pheasants started squawking and flapping all over the seats and round Mr Hazel's head. Drive on, Mr Hazel, sir, shouted Sergeant Samways through the window in his most commanding policeman's voice. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, get going quick. There's no time to lose. Ignore them pheasants, Mr Hazel, and accelerate the engine. Mr Hazel didn't have much choice. He had to make a run for it now. He started the engine and the great Rolls-Royce shot off down the road with clouds of pheasants rising up from it in all directions. Then an extraordinary thing happened. The pheasants that had flown up off the car stayed up in the air. They didn't come flapping drunkenly down as we had expected them to. They stayed up and they kept flying. Over the top of the filling station they flew and over the caravan and over the field at the back where our little outdoor lavatory stood and over the next field and over the crest of the hill until they disappeared from sight. Great Scott, Doc Spencer cried, just look at that. They've recovered. The sleeping pills have worn off at last. Now all the other pheasants around the place were beginning to come awake. They were standing up tall on their legs and ruffling their feathers and turning their heads quickly from side to side. One or two of them started running about. Then all the others started running and when Sergeant Samways flapped his arms at them, the whole lot took off into the air and flew over the filling station and were gone. Suddenly there was not a pheasant left and it was very interesting to see that none of them had flown across the road or even down the road in the direction of Hazel's Wood and the great shooting party. Every one of them had flown in exactly the opposite direction.